This is Almost All A's Podcast, a podcast sharing multiple points of view on the experiences that Asian Americans go through as mixed culture individuals. Thank you for joining us. You don't have to be Asian. You don't have to be American to be here. We're just glad you're here. If you'd like to engage with us on our social media, our Instagram handle is almostalla.pod. We'd love to see you there. Hope you enjoy this episode. This is Clarissa. This is Edwin. And this is Nathan. And we are so excited to have you here on this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about our roots, primarily our family and where we come from. So I guess to start us off, my question for today is, how did your family influence who you are today? Who wants to start us off? Edwin does. (laughs) Okay. Um, So yes, how did my family influence uh, my upbringing? So uh, my parents are immigrants from Hong Kong, both of them. Um, Both of them were sent over uh, by my grandparents. And then so my mom uh, went to college in the United States, um, had me growing up. I think for them, they were trying to figure out a balance of American culture and Asian culture. Um, So how did they influence me? I think my dad and my mom both, I would say, I think a a lot of people would describe them as very hardworking people. um, And they're very caring and good-hearted. So I think a lot of those values, like growing up, my dad would always say like, hey, like, did you try your best? And like, my mom would say the same thing too. Like, did you give it your all? Did you put in 100% effort um, to do like homework or like, I don't know, whatever, whatever activity or task I was doing? I think the biggest thing they stressed was making sure that I did my best and I wasn't lazy and that I would just work hard. And yeah, just be the best that you can. Because I think contrary to, I think, a lot of stereotypes where, I mean, some some households are more strict and that's okay. But I think for them, they didn't expect that from me. So I think for myself, there wasn't a lot of pressure growing up to get like straight A's or like be top of my class in this and like be the best at everything. So there wasn't a pressure in that. And I think as I grew older, maybe I pressured myself more because I didn't get that so I think it's an interesting thing to think about as I am like still learning so my parents for sure have always stressed effort and doing your best so I think that's a little bit of how they influenced me yeah how about you Nate um I feel like I would agree with Edwin in a lot of things um Kind of the main thing I can think about in how my parents have influenced me is in just also kind of like just working hard and trying your hardest and not necessarily trying to achieve like top of your class or like, I don't know, best of anything. Um, or it's maybe it's because I think as a kid, I like set the bar real low. Like I, I was for sure not a good kid. I'm pretty sure. Um, so maybe that's why like, oh, just try your best, you know. Kind of sad, like they didn't expect it. I never thought of, of it that way. Maybe that was. Yeah, maybe you were a bad kid too. Yeah, maybe we're both. We're in just that boat. bad kids. And really set the bar low. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, but anyways, we turned out great, so it's okay. I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, but so uh, like apart from just being told to always try your hardest, I feel like one thing I can really think about was how my dad always told me to just be a good person and to be humble and respectful mainly to a lot of like pretty much anyone I meet and that's 
kind of like the biggest thing he saw importance in was like being respectful to everyone you meet being humble and being honest and it wasn't so much like achieving certain things but like kind of like working on your own character first rather than doing a lot and would you say that was something that you learned because you saw it by example or would you say it was like more told um it was definitely more told not like my dad isn't any of these things but i think it's definitely i was just reminded of that a lot especially when i was like went off to college mm-hmm. And, like, my dad's like, oh, you get the choice to, like, do whatever you want. And, like, you're not with your family anymore. And you can act any way you want. But, like, just remember to be honest, be humble, be respectful to everyone you meet. And I think just being told that has, like, just stuck with me growing up. And, like, that's how I try to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, my family definitely influenced a lot of who I am today. It's definitely a multi-layered question because it touches on a lot of different parts of my life. So I guess to give you some background about my family and who I come from, um, I am culturally Indonesian, which means I speak Indonesian. I love Indonesian food. I love spicy foods. I go to Indonesia maybe every other year. The longest I didn't go to Indonesia was four years, which is when I was in college. Um, But I'm ethnically Chinese. So I look Chinese. Like if I go to Chinatown, people will start speaking to me in Chinese, but I know zero Chinese. Probably some of my non-Asian friends know more Chinese than I do. It's a little bit embarrassing, but I my goal is to one day learn more Chinese. So because my family is Indonesian, most of them are in Indonesia. My parents are the only, um, only so my family, we're the only ones who are in America currently. Um, so it makes it makes living here a little bit, a little bit lonely sometimes, but it's definitely taught me a lot I think my parents are the type of people who definitely do um, they kind of lead me by example so if they're going to tell me like something they give me an example of their own life experience so something that I grew up a lot hearing was similar to you guys about how important it is to work hard how important a good job and good education is because that can really change your life and for them for my parents getting and a degree in San Francisco State really changed their life and helped them establish themselves in America. So I think that seeing them and the way that they fought through a lot of different odds um, really showed me that that's something that I need to do too. But I think what's interesting as well is that you guys mentioned how... um, we may have set the bar low. I think I may have set the bar low too <laughs> because my parents have, I think growing up they were, they were more like, did you get an A, did you get an A? And I, w- I would try to get an A and maybe I didn't always get an A and I didn't go to like an Ivy League or anything like that. So I feel like I set the bar low, but the more I, th- and the more I think about it, the more I realize that we're all the oldest childs of our family. Mm, I was also gonna bring that up. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're the first mm. born. And maybe when they first had us and when they were first became parents, they had those expectations. My child is going to be a prodigy or piano prodigy or something like that. But yeah, I feel like maybe maybe I set the bar low too. Yeah, but even though I may have set the bar low too, I think my parents have taught me that. I think my parents have taught me how to have a good response to failure. I think because over in my life, my 22 years of living, I think I've had a lot of lows where 
I didn't feel like I could I could achieve or I didn't have a lot of a lot of confidence in myself. But my parents have always been those people who have always been on my like my my parents have always been those people who are cheering me on the sides and I know that I couldn't have gotten through life, college, whatever without them by my side telling me like keep on going, keep on getting up, make mistakes, keep learning, keep learning. And I think them drilling that into my head, I feel like growing up it was hard listening to that over and over, but now it's definitely become a part of my story and something that I tell my friends too. So another point that I like to discuss is the idea of culture. I think that culture can go in so many different directions, but my question for you guys is, how much of your culture would you say your parents expect you to retain? Um, <clears throat> something we talked about earlier was, uh, or like privately, like before this podcast, was um, the idea that culture was, or at least for me, the way I view culture is like how I expect my future kids to kind of understand that and what they will receive from me. Because in the end, when you think about it, like our culture is like whatever our parents gave us. So when I think about like culture retention and like what they expect me to retain, I see the question as what they expect me to teach my kids in the future. Mm. And I think the first thing on that list is probably language. Um, I think for sure they want my kids to be able to speak Cantonese back to them. And I mean, they're already happy when I speak Cantonese to them because like I barely use it and my Cantonese is terrible. So I think they're already like, oh, wow. Like I didn't even know you knew that word. Like, even as I'm like 23, they're like, oh, wow. I didn't even know you knew how to say that. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. So I think that's something they would really like is for like, like culturally, like that's something that they hope that my kids do as well. And that'll be hard because like for sure I'm like barely like Cantonese like literate. <laughs> I can, Actually, I take that back. I can't even read much and i can like speak barely so it's just like it'll be interesting to see like if this is something i view as important like to bring in and i think kind of going off of that point it's like when you think about like how much culture you want to like in my case like how much culture i want to bring and like have my kids carry on it's like for them it'll be even harder because they're gonna be a mix of whatever culture like my other significant other will be and like when you think about it, in our case, we started off as Asian and then we were born into this American culture. And then now we're going to take this Asian American culture and we're going to transfer that mixed with whatever our significant other is. And like that'll be their own new culture. And it'll just be like, like change slowly and like things might get watered down. And like it'll be interesting to see in the future, like what we view as important to keep in our culture as Asian Americans and potentially whatever our kids will be in the future. Yeah, sorry. It was a little bit of a ramble, but mostly no, just I think those language. are such good thoughts. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Good thoughts. Yeah, so for me, I never really had this conversation with my, with my parents. So, but they did, so they did make me speak Cantonese growing up. So I think that's definitely like kind of what Nate said, language. So at home, talking to them when we were a lot younger, we could only speak Cantonese. So it forced us. Oh, it was us, like a, a rule. I guess it's, yeah, uh, yeah, you could say, yeah, yeah. I guess it worked because I can speak it to them. And, but it's like it degrades every year because like I moved out. I went to college. I don't live with them anymore. So it's like it gets worse and worse every year. But I still can like speak it to them because I think, yeah, that kind of habit and practice, they made us, me and my brother, speak Cantonese to them uh, growing up. So I think they definitely value that. But we never had a, an actual conversation like to pinpoint, oh, I, I would like my grandkids to know these, these, these mm-hmm. things. I'm like, eh. We never had that conversation. 
yet, at least. <laughs> so, um, and then they also sent me to Mandarin school. Um, so I took classes for eight years, and I learned more Chinese. <laughs> so, I feel like they value language a lot. Um, for that matter. Why do you feel like language is such a big deal? Like you both talked about language. Why is language so important in, in an Asian family? Uh, I don't know. The first thing I thought of was Asians will probably use their own language to talk trash about other people. <laughs> like that's like a very like that's true. That's a very Asian thing. Um, so I don't know. That's like I don't know. That was the first thing that popped in my head. But in terms, of, I think why do they value it? I don't know. I I think it keeps us in touch with. The generations before us to a degree because like my grandparents don't speak English so the only way I can really effectively communicate with them is probably Chinese or like there, there's no real way to talk to them without I mean they'll understand a little bit of English but at the same time like my grandparents were not born here so like like Cantonese they're actually like I think they're like Tzu so I don't even know like that's another sect of another layer to dissect so i think for me it yeah it ties us to kind of the past generations keeps us to a degree cultured right like oh this is our language i don't know gives gives us i think a part of identity maybe even i'm not too sure what do you think nate Mm. i think like in terms of like language it's probably one of the few things that you can't change in a culture i think like if you think like for example like in our chinese heritage there's like mooncakes and like there are things that you dress up in like i don't know the word like those the traditional like red clothing and like stuff like these things can like change over time as like you get as it gets introduced into like our newer generation like the fabric styles might change they might make it more modern looking or for the mooncakes they might make like i don't know like gluten-free mooncakes or something <laughs> like a fake egg yolk or something they're really like dude i mean like these things can change but i i feel like one of the few things that can't change is language like you can't change that's a good the, point the dialect of chi- like cantonese like that's so true you can like mix it with english but like that's at that point it's not cantonese and it's just like language is one of the few things we can change mm. so it's probably one of the things that you value because it's one of like the things that don't and it's one of the differ. few things that will bring a lot of people together Mm, yeah. Like the moment you hear someone speaking the language in another place, you connect with them. And like you mentioned with your grandparents, Edwin, like that may be the one thing that is connecting you rather than other than your genes to your grandparents. So it is one of the things that I can see why it's so important to our parents that we can communicate. So I think for me, um, Growing up, my parents, because we're kind of far removed from my Chinese heritage and we're not really, really Indonesian, it's always been a mix for me of what my culture really is. So I guess now I'm adding on to that, the American culture. So I'm Chinese, Indonesian, American, and all that's CIA, which is what my mom used to call it. (laughs) So... That's cute. I'm <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So I've always been a little bit confused too of like what kind of culture, which culture am I supposed to pass on? If we're talking about culture retention as passing it on to children, I have no idea. I can barely speak Indonesian. I have no idea what 
an actual Chinese New Year is supposed to look like. So I think when I think of it like that, I feel like my parents were probably also in this middle zone just as I am and trying to figure out what kind of culture they wanted to pass down. And so I think because of that, I didn't have that much expectation to retain to my culture. But I definitely feel like I put that pressure on myself. Like you mentioned too, Nate, like we put the pressure on ourselves to do so because we see the importance in America. You see that this is probably the only thing that makes you like differentiates you from other Asians or even unites you with other Asians. So one example I have is with my last name. So my last name is Kusumanagoro. It is a mouthful. It is six syllables long with 12 characters. So you can imagine that growing up trying to spell it and write it was really hard. And I remember my mom one time in when I was 10 years old, she asked me if I wanted to change my last name. So my Chinese last name is actually Wu, W-U-U. It's 10 characters shorter than my current last name. <laughs> Um, and it would it would have made my life so much easier. Every teacher who tried to pronounce my last yes. name, it would made it it would made my saying my name a breeze. But I think when I thought about it, um, my last name was what really made me unique. I think, and one of the first things that someone knows about me at work when someone asks me, "How do you pronounce your last name?" That's a conversational starter, and I get to share with them about my culture. So it's become such a part of me that I didn't want to give it up. And even thinking about the future and my kids, like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm maybe, maybe we'll do the hyphen. <laughs> maybe with the hyphen. Like, how, like? Like, Kusumonogoro, dash, whatever my husband's last name is. <laughs> what if it's something, like, also really long? Like, super long. It's, like, too... <laughs> then, then sorry to my child. <laughs> They're going to be the ones in, like, the, the high school test where you got to fill out your name with the bubbles. And, and like there's not going to be enough room. Yeah, you're going to be the one who like, asks for a separate sheet or something. Oh, and on that note, this is a little bit off topic, but <laughs> uh-huh. I remember when I took the something called a star test. I don't know Ooh, if they still have that. that. Yeah. In elementary school, I couldn't fill up all the bubbles because I don't think people were, or the culture in America wasn't used to having long last names being a thing that were more than like 10 characters maybe. Mm-hmm. But then when I got to like high school, and I took the SAT and all those things. There were so many bubbles and I <laughs> could fill up my whole last name. So, yeah. Going back to the idea of this culture of retention thing, um, I wanted to ask you guys, when was the moment where you started to appreciate your parents' efforts in getting you to retain the culture? Um, For me, I think it was when we kind of went off to college and like, um, quick side note, we all went to Cal Poly, slow, San Luis Obispo, the better one, we all know. Um, we went and it was, it's definitely like, like being Asian is a minority. And like, I think I figured that, how, like the importance of my culture was when I went and I realized that the people I connected with that were Asian um, was because we had similar qualities or because I knew things about my Chinese heritage that I, that I would talk to them about or like just speaking the language with them and like it's like that feeling where like someone says something to you in a different language and like you understand after like so long and it's like i think at that moment where i knew i could like connect with people that quickly it was like that's kind of the importance of our culture is like the fact that something different all of a sudden makes you and some other person like kind of click 
Yeah. And I, I feel like I didn't realize that, especially living in the Bay Area. You know, we like, it's not a big deal if we're all Asian. It's like not a big deal. Everyone celebrates Chinese New Year. But once you go somewhere else and you realize how small it is and how different it actually makes you, like, that's like the importance of culture. Yeah. I think for me, it's pretty similar to Nate. I think when I left for college, it's just, there's just people you talk to and things that come up and you're like, oh, I gravitate towards that. Or like, I understand that. And like, you just connect and it's a lot easier um, because uh, it just works out. It, it's like a very natural I think so. I don't think it's like a bad thing. Um, actually, as as you were talking, Clarissa, I was thinking about like in terms of retention. What are what are what are some thoughts for like those that are maybe like fourth generation or fifth gen, and they don't retain it? Like, I guess my question my question is, what happens then? I don't know. Like, I, this is something that I've been thinking about. Like, for those that my kids or my kids kids later on in the future hopefully what if it's so diluted and gone by then like what does it become i don't know i was just thinking like how do they feel or like not that it's not important but who gets to decide what to pass on i guess you do in a sense like each generation gets to pass and take or yeah. take and pass yeah take from their parents and then pass whatever they want to pass yes yeah, so actually chris brought up that point earlier too where it's like like us as asian americans you got to decide like what parts of your asian culture you want to bring in and what parts of your american culture that you want to like kind of give to your new generation and like it is actually about importance um and it's about what we find as important because it's if you don't find it important as a part of who you are in your culture then you won't pass that on to your kids right you're not going to teach your kids chinese if you don't know chinese right Mm, yeah so I guess in terms of like getting watered down, it's the things that go away are the things that the previous generation didn't find important. And like, it's kind of like up to us to like figure out what's important in our lives and what we want our kids to know. And like, they'll receive it. And like, maybe something we thought wasn't important, our kids will recognize as important later on. And then they'll have to find some way to pick it up. But it's kind of like, we can't really cover all our bases. Yeah. And and it's, it, the bases get wider and wider yeah like because like that's i feel like i see a lot of it it's like yeah there's just a lot of multi-ethnic generate like there's a big multi-ethnic generation Mm -hmm. approaching and it's like the bases get wider and wider i mean like like you said your significant other might be completely different culture so then now it's like you pick and choose again but now there's more options but i guess it's less depth because I, i guess it depends Maybe. I guess it depends on what you define yeah. as culture. Yeah. Because maybe it's just, it's just that your culture is now less defined. And it's not as easily defined as Asian culture, Hispanic culture, or whatever culture. It's you... It's like the more you... The more generations go by in America, it's like you learn that your culture is your own and that you decide, like we discussed earlier, what that culture is. That's a really good question, though. Thanks, guys. That was a really great discussion just about roots and our family. And I think that's a really good point to wrap up. And yeah, just to recap everything that we talked about today. We first talked about how our family is one of the greatest influencers of our lives in so many different parts, whether it's in who we are and our character or our work ethic. We also talked about how language 
is an important part of how we retain our culture. And we also talked about how as Asian Americans, it's our choice to decide what parts of our culture we choose to pass on to our future generations. So I think that this entire thing just makes me um, realize that, yeah, our families are a big parts, big part of who we are. Whether or not you're close to your family or not or have a good relationship with them, I think it's important to realize that they're a part of your life and they made an impact whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, and it's important to acknowledge that. So thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Almost All A's podcast. If you'd like to join our little community, we'd love to have you on our Instagram, almostalla.pod. Comment, like, we'd love to just say hi, and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening.